the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to TopGolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza, with over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. By Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the TAG Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be Joining us tonight on the Podbean app as we do podcasting after dark on the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Palm Springs, California. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that big, beautiful, vibrant city that is Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? I think we've had about 24 hours to take in what happened last night in Edmonton between the Golden Knights and the Oilers. And there was a lot to take in that game, but we have, we're, we've, 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 I think we've fully gotten over that. Maybe we haven't, I don't know. And then we gear it up for another game tomorrow because these playoffs just keep rolling along every other day. we got a game. So, um, I think a little, <laughs> but other than that, we're doing, we're doing fine here in Las Vegas. Another beautiful day in the eighties, I think today. So, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All I know well, is that Alex Petrangelo is going to be getting the night off tomorrow. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got himself a little suspension, didn't he? <laughs> and Darnell Nurse, too, will get a little night off, too. Yeah, well, they probably both can use the night off. <laughs> I don't know if their teammates are uh, too excited about that. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do and play off hockey, don't you? <laughs> yeah, especially the way this series has been going. You got to you got to do a little... Do a little uh, action there a little little retaliatory or or you know you don't want to do what petrangelo did maybe that was a little too far but uh i, I can't blame him also just the way this series has been going and and the and the frustrations that have been boiling over a little bit well as you know tonight was also the uh the first night of round three in the ahl divisional playoffs we're down to the elite eight in american hockey league uh action and um the Coachella Valley Firebirds and the uh, the Wranglers from Calgary. I tried to put them both together there. <laughs> the Calgary Wranglers uh, did battle tonight up in Calgary. Um, 
where do we start on this one? Let's start right here, Stephen, because um, last series, uh, Dan Bilesma chose to play two on the road, and they were back-to-back due to scheduling. Um, and then come back for three games. And uh, he told me a couple different times, I've got some sound from him, but he told me a couple different times that he planned on this being a 300-minute or actually five-game series all the way to the bitter end. It was. Uh, they came out on top and got a chance to go up to uh, Calgary. Uh, this time it was Calgary's choice, but due to uh, arena uh, conflictions, uh, they had to do the same thing. So it's a Thursday-Friday uh back-to-back in uh, Calgary, and then they'll come back here, and if necessary, there'll be a game three. Well, I guess there'll be a game three on Monday night, and if necessary, a fourth and fifth game on Wednesday and Friday, which sets up exactly what the, the uh, Firebirds would like it, and they did it again. Last uh, series, they went up and they won 6-2 uh, in uh, Colorado. Tonight, 6-3 against the best goaltender in all of American Hockey League, in all of the American Hockey League, and Dustin Wolf chased him after five goals, brought your old buddy, uh, Oscar Dansk out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so interesting because Dustin Wolf is so good. Uh, obviously, he's the best goaltender in the AHL, and, and he gets chased out. Now, what's interesting is that the last time he was chased out of a game, it was the very first game of the season, and it happened against. The Firebirds. So they chased him in the at the beginning of the regular season this year, and they chased him here in the in this playoff meeting, the first of the of this series between Calgary and Coachella Valley. So it's uh, it's 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 interesting. You you are you're really good, and then sometimes a team just can get to you, and and certainly uh, Calgary uh, certainly Coachella Valley did that against Dustin Wolf tonight, uh, giving up the. Well, I guess he gave up five goals. I think Dance came in and then gave the. Got they got one more on him, but but yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's the playoffs. I mean it's 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 real interesting because the goaltending, uh, at least at the NHL level, there's been a lot of scoring in the playoffs in the NHL level, and we're seeing it at the AHL level some too. Uh, that the the goal scoring is 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 more uh prevalent uh, than maybe in in years past. And getting six goals is against a guy like Dustin Wolf. That's a good start to the series for Coachella Valley, and and for them now. Worst case scenario is they lose tomorrow and they split the two up in Calgary, but then they get to come home and have the three on the back end of the series, uh, potentially at home. So, uh, you know, Calgary, unfortunately for them, as you mentioned, they have to do it this way. They start the series in Calgary, but then they have to go and then finish in Coachella Valley. But, you know, Calgary's a good team and, you know, I think it's only appropriate that it came down to these two teams because these were the best two teams, uh, maybe not only in the Pacific Division, but all in the all American of hockey. The, the only two teams to, to get over 100 points uh, right. in American Hockey League action. It's it's really a shame that they it's not a Calder Cup final match, and it's only and, how, and it's really a shame that it's only a best of five series. This may be something that this could be like a a, a nice seven game series, uh, but it's only going to be a five game series, so. Well, I think, uh, and and maybe we can say that whoever wins this series may win the call the cup. So you, you in your first go around there in California, you you might be might be witnessing something special, just like last year the run that Colorado ended up having. But they ended up getting a little bit short. But this this year, this is going to be very uh, very interesting to see what happens. 
And the story of tonight's game was simply the first 10 minutes of each period, uh, of the first two periods, I should say. Um, let's see. The uh, the first period, um, the Firebirds scored twice in the first 439 of the game. And then uh, uh, Calgary cut it to 2-1. Then the Firebirds scored again. And then Calgary scored again. So with 819 played in the opening period, uh, there was a total of five goals scored. Uh, then we go to the second period, 35 seconds in, Cole Lind gets the uh, the two-goal lead back again for the Firebirds. But then Adam Klapka comes back uh, about five minutes later and uh, and gets the game back again within two goals. Then, though, at 8-24, 9-11, one of them being a power play goal, uh, Carson Terwinski and Max McCormick, uh, get the goals and finish out the scoring, make it a 6-3 lead after two. Uh, third period, they just played shutdown hockey. They just gave gave uh, the Wranglers zero. Uh, they gave them outside shots and no rebounds. Joey Decord was stellar again, stopping 32 of 35 shots. The three stars of the game went to Cole Lind, Max McCormick, and Cameron Hughes. Um, all three of them were unbelievable. Cameron Hughes set a record tonight. Uh, for Coachella Valley, anyway, regular season or playoff with four assists. Max McCormick had a goal and two assists, and Cole ended two goals and an assist. Uh, and one of the guys that that uh, I had a chance to talk to last week, who I thought's really coming on, and Jeremy McKenna um, had a goal and uh, and an assist as well. And uh, I think his line: Luke Henman, Jeremy McKenna, and. Um, uh, Cameron Hughes, I thought they were all over the ice again tonight. And when that line, which uh, arguably could be their second line, is flying, uh, that makes uh, things a lot easier for Coach Dan Bilesma. Yeah, I mean, no question. I mean, they, they have a lot of talented players. I mean, I was looking at the, the stats going into this game. Obviously, they've, they've played now nine games uh, in, the, in the postseason. Uh, and you talked about the guys that – Made a difference uh, tonight. Uh, certainly, Cole Lynn, uh, Max McCormick, who's the captain, uh, all make an impact. But uh, you mentioned Jeremy McKenna. He's he's coming on. He's up to nine points. Um, I think this this is up, updated to include tonight's game. If not, then they'll. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, uh, McKenna little point. Um, Alexander True uh, with nine points. So I mean, that's just and of course they lead in the the, the top of the scoring. But that's because they played. Uh, more games they've played nine games but but yeah i mean six goals in nine games in the playoffs for cole lind eight assists uh, as i mentioned max mccormick six goals uh seven assists uh cameron hughes 10 assists and he gets uh four tonight this might be updated as to include tonight so that would be so he's up to 10 already and um mckenna a nine and alexander true with nine points so i mean a lot of the firebirds getting a lot of uh scoring uh, in their games, so it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to, <laughs> to see that, and uh, you need that this time of year. Obviously, you, you need the scoring from, uh, more than just maybe your top guys. I mean, as you mentioned, somebody like Jeremy McKenna who's coming on and and contributing, and uh, you need that depth scoring because your top guys are gonna go dry, at, uh, you know, some at some point they're they're gonna have a game where maybe they're not at their best, and that's when you need your other guys to maybe take an opportunity to step up and, and get that to, to try to get those those games that way well like i said last friday night i was uh, at uh, Acature arena for the clincher 
uh, versus the Colorado Eagles, and it was well, a dominant performance. How about performance. you? You're 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 man of the people tonight, Scott. You were hanging out, checked out <laughs> yeah. the, the the watch party there at the casino there for a little bit of time tonight. Yeah, six hundred people, I was told, uh, made their way into uh, Spotlight Twenty Nine Casino at, to the big showroom. They had it on the big screen and uh, had merchandise for sale and food and drinks, and everybody was having a really good time. So I thought I'd to stop in there. And uh, get a few pictures of that. So the fans are okay. So let me let me ask you before. I know we're gonna get into, but but you you're now there, and you've been kind of, you know, you've been you've been there for the playoff run now, and you've been you're at some at some of their games. How have the people embraced the Coachella Valley Firebirds? It seems like they've really have like taken this team and they've have brought it into their community, and and they really love this team down there now, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Hold on one minute because you led me right into this oh. clip from Dan Bilesma, who's going to tell you uh, he was asked the question about do the fans and the or do the fans Joey, Joey, Joey chant, is that heard by the players and does it affect the players? Listen to what Coach Bilesma had to say about that. The chant, <laughs> feel the chant while the game's going on. They literally asked me to ask you guys that question because there you are involved. Does Joey feel it? That's funny. That's a funny question. Because Joey definitely feels it. And they like Joey uh maybe more than anyone else feels it and, and feels the support and feels like they're behind them. And uh yeah, we we all love the Joey chance. We love it because they're doing it, and we love it because of the reason why they're doing it. Okay, so what do you think about that? We love it because they're doing it, and we love it for the reason they're doing it. I'm sure so he they, wasn't hearing a lot of Joey, it out. Joe. I'm sure he wasn't hearing a lot of Joey, Joey, Joey tonight up in Calgary. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. But um, you know, like I, you know, Joey Decord getting the shutout that last Friday night to close out that series is a little bit of an anomaly because he doesn't normally shut teams out. Um, he plays the puck a lot. He takes Unless a lot it was of chances. Henderson. I think he had like two or three shutouts against Henderson this year. But, <laughs> but I guess that wasn't very time, difficult to do against Henderson this year. Uh, he's not a shutout goaltender. He's a give up a goal or two uh, and be aggressive, but then also sometimes set up a goal or two. And uh, I want to play a clip from Jeremy McKenna now talking about Joey Decord and how important he is to the Firebirds offense. So listen into this. Jeremy, you guys play Firebird hockey. I call it that because uh, you get out early, right? And uh, you put the pressure on them right away. But today you closed it down, too. I thought it was a great closeout game. Anything different that you saw tonight? Yeah, I just think we didn't let uh, anyone get behind us. I think in the second period especially they had uh, you know, a good push when it was 4 nothing. I thought we managed, uh, managed their push really well, and I thought uh, we didn't uh, panic at all when we were kind of stuck in the defensive zone. We just... Uh, Focus on playing our positions, and uh, that was a huge part of the win. And of course, Joey goes in, uh, makes all the great saves. He's making uh, passes. It's just unbelievable <laughs> having him back there. Talk about Joey a little bit more, if you could, because he sets you guys up like a six uh, skater on the ice, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's uh, it's really hard to explain how much it helps uh, helps uh, in the game. It's so fast, and uh, you just he has no panic with the puck. He just makes. Uh, Makes unbelievable plays. It's credit to him because it takes a lot of practice uh, as a goalie to be able to play the puck like that. It's just uh, such a huge help for us, and he played unbelievable back there tonight. 
What is this rank in your career? Two goals in a big closeout game? Yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, one of my best nights, I would say. I think uh, just especially playing uh, for a team so tight like this, you just want to do everything you can to help the team so you can uh, you know, come back to the rink uh, the next day. And it's just an uh, unbelievable feeling. Final one for me is when do you start thinking about Calgary? Um, probably once I walk out of here, we'll... Uh, <laughs> You know, you kind of flip the switch and you start thinking about the next series and just making sure you're uh, you're ready to go. Well, hopefully by now they've thought about Calgary because they just started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like I said, this was I guess Friday they did night. because six to three. They get they thought about him very well. <laughs> um, I know this but, was from last Friday, but I just wanted to. <laughs> just, yeah, and, and Jeremy McKenna is uh, has really come on, really found his home here. Played twenty seven games after joining the Firebird organization, the uh, Seattle organization, and uh, really has stood out. Um, he's become so popular that when I put that interview up on Twitter, we got over a thousand views. And I think we picked up about 40 followers from Prince Edward Island, his, uh, his home uh, province up in Canada. So Boy, that's, thank you that's everybody impressive. up How in come, uh, Prince my, Edward my, Island. My videos never get that many views. <laughs> the I don't know. I do. what, what, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta step it up. <laughs> I, okay i don't know what i gotta do i mean <laughs> <laughs> well i will tell you it, it is much easier at the ahl level because no, you I, do get more of the one-on-one yes. as you know um a lot of times there's not a lot of media there and it, you know, i'm fortunate coachella valley and big thanks to evan pivnik and and everybody over there for for setting me up in the position they do because i pretty much get to lead the press conferences now which is kind of fun because i can ask the the questions as i want and then the rest of the media either picks up on it or or asks their own questions afterwards. So I'm very thankful for that and and for the uh, the opportunity they've and, given us uh, at uh, Coachella Valley. But and they and see, they feed you and they feed you very well too in the media. Well, yeah, room, they do they? okay with that too. So that's not too bad. Um, <laughs> let's hear from Max McCormick after that game. I think Max had some things to say. Then we'll hear from Joey Decord, and then of course we'll finish up with Dan Bilesma just to kind of set the table for what they did tonight in a 6-3 victory in uh, round three, the Pacific Division Championship Series, if you will. So here's Max McCormick. All right, Max, uh, if you want to uh, just explain what this was like. I call it a complete domination start to finish. Did it feel that way? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a hard-fought battle. Um, if we tilted the ice a little bit with just our, our forecheck in the first period. But, um, you know, it was, it was a good series all the way to the end. So, uh we're happy to get through that one. You get two goals tonight, two big goals. Jeremy McKenna gets two goals tonight. I thought you guys were pretty solid all the way through, though, the entire team. Yeah, I mean, we had a big effort from everybody. Um, Dax and Nett, um, our PK was big. Our power play was able to get one. Um, and then Pipes obviously stepped up and had a big game tonight. Obviously the biggest win in franchise history to date. But what was it like all season long? Was this the best win all season? Yeah, I think this is the biggest one so far. Um, but uh, it's been a lot of fun playing in front of our fans, and uh, we really felt their energy tonight. Final one for me is what did you say in the locker room as a captain before and after? Um, just before was, um, you know, just stick to our game, trust the process. Um, you know, we know what got us here, so we don't need to change anything. We wanted to have a good start. Uh, we accomplished that, and then after the message was, let's just keep this thing rolling. Let's just keep this thing rolling, says Max McCormick. Uh, your thoughts on that, Stephen? Did they actually keep things rolling in game one up in Calgary? 
I would say so. Six three, and they, and they're doing it the a same similar way that they they've done a lot of their games when they get off. To, then this time they they yielded a couple goals back in the process. But I mean, as we talked about at the beginning, I mean, getting what three goals in the first uh, seven minutes and eleven seconds of the game. I mean, that's just been kind of the recipe for some of these these games that uh, Coachella Valley will come through and they'll get these goals real early on in the game. Now, the difference in this game was, as like I said, they, they yielded a couple back uh, real early on, but but still, getting these goals, getting off to these big leads early on and, and, and asserting themselves, uh, and then when they're not doing that, it sometimes goes the other way where the other team gets a bunch of goals on them and they're having to play, play catch-up. So uh, tonight they were able to play their game and get in there and and beat Calgary. Now Calgary's a very good team, so I I would expect them to come back tomorrow, and it'd be a much different game. Um, so I I would imagine that Calgary will will be at the best because they and it's never a must win until your season's on the line, but it's about as close to a must win as it can really be because uh, if they lose tomorrow, then they're down two zero going to Coachella Valley. So it's 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 definitely a, a game that they want to win, at least even it, go to Coachella Valley, and then they can, they have to try to win two of three down there, which, which Calgary can do. I mean, they've, they've got the, the talent to do that. Um, but Coachella Valley, I mean, if they just continue to, to, to have starts like this and they've got the good, good goaltending in the, in the back there with Joey Decord, um, this team has a real chance to, to make a deep run. Of course they're, they're deep in now, but to go even further and beyond it and represent the Pacific division going forward into the Western conference final, and maybe even the Calder cup final coming up here. Okay. So let's hear from the goaltender after Friday night's, uh, shut out a five, nothing victory over a very good Colorado team. Here's Joey Decord, a couple of a quick segments, and then I'll ask you your thoughts on them. Here we go. New franchise, but how big was this win? And was this the biggest win today? Uh, I mean, you got to think, right? Either this, I mean, game four was huge too. Uh, 3-3 late in the period, we take a penalty with two and a half minutes left and um, our penalty kill finds a way to score one and send it to game five. I think, uh, you know, that was that was the loudest I've ever heard this rank. Game one, uh, you know, game one of, of the season here was, was insane. Um, but that actually was the loudest I've ever heard of right after Trucy scored the game winner there with a couple minutes left uh, last game. Um, so one of these two games for sure has got to be right up there. And then I, I think we carried that momentum from game four right into to game five. And just, uh, yeah, we just rolled them over. It was an incredible atmosphere out there tonight. It looked like a complete game to me. One of the best I've seen in a closeout situation because you got the lead, you shut them down. Uh, what did it look like from your perspective? Well, I, I mean, first off, that first goal was ridiculous <laughs> from, from uh, McKenna. That was so sick. Looked like dry idol out there. Um, <laughs> nasty so uh i think uh you know anytime you can score first in a big game it just gives the group a lot of confidence uh moving forward and i, I thought we just did a really good job building off that and then uh, for myself i just wanted to not try to you know as long as i could keep them off the board to just give them no no hope right once it gets to three four five nothing um you're just trying not to give them any life whatsoever and that's all i was trying to do and um there were so many huge blocks tonight guys played great um in front of me and um, blocking shots, you know, Raf had a shot blocker on a skate get broken right in half from a shot block. And, you know, it's 5 nothing with a minute left, and there's a big one-timer from the point. Pet, Petman uh, stands right in front of it and needs it. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of the championship effort that it takes to win. It's a it's a full-team effort for a full 60, and, um, you know, he, there's a minute left. So there you go. That's Joey Decord on that part of it. 
One more part of Joy Decord uh, after Friday's game clincher against Cal- uh, Colorado. And then I'll get your comments, Stephen. Next, um, two great goaltenders, two great teams, one and two in the in the Pacific. What uh, what do you expect out of this series? Well, I think it's the matchup everybody wanted to see, right? That uh, you know, us and them were neck and neck all year for uh, the lead in points for the entire league, and um, obviously the division as well. But uh, yeah, I think uh, everyone's just excited for the opportunity. Really happy to uh, to get this one tonight. We'll enjoy this one, and then uh, tomorrow we'll get right to work. And, um, prepare for next year's final one for me is you've been up and down with the big club and back here um, both seen a lot of playoff success any correlation between the two and the way the whole organization is run uh, absolutely I mean it's a first-class organization from top to bottom and uh, you know they've they've done everything in their power to put everyone um, in a position to be successful and uh, that's what it takes and uh, you know we get treated incredibly well here um, same as any time up in Seattle we get treated um, top-notch and um, everyone takes amazing care of us. So, um, yeah, I think it's absolutely um, has to do with, with the, the treatment of the organization and um, the commitment to winning. And, uh, I mean, first year here and second year in Seattle, and both teams are, you know, having good playoff runs. It's pretty cool to see. Thanks, Joey. Okay, there you go. That was Joey Decord. Stephen, your thoughts on that? Because you've had a chance to see a new franchise in the Vegas Golden Knights a few years back now, but also a new franchise in the Henderson Silver Knights. Can you see a correlation? Can you see similarities between these uh, two franchises? Well, sure. I mean, it. I mean, what what Seattle is doing as a franchise uh, is is remarkable. In, in their second season now, and now to be in the playoffs and in the second round of the playoffs and in a tough in a tough series with Dallas, and then their their AHL team uh, coming in and in their first season here, uh, starting out. Here, out here in, in California and, and doing very well. And yeah, I mean, Golden Knights, you know, they, they started off, you know, six, six years ago and, and then they bring their AHL affiliate out this way and start to started that up in their third year now. And, um, you know, they haven't had as much success as, as Coachella Valley. That first year they, there was a really good roster and that was, but that was a little bit of a different setup because it was, it was in COVID times, and, and the schedule was a little bit shorter, and it was just a divisional playoff. Uh, but they still did very well. Now, I mean, we're kind of seeing that now. This is a divisional part of the playoffs going into the Calder Cup playoffs, but uh, in the Calder Cup playoffs. But um, you know, and then the last couple of years have been kind of a struggle. But it just depends. Just shows you the again the, the the pool of players you have, and you're an organization. And Seattle's done very well of building their their roster and and getting players in and and having them from you know, they they spent a season in in Charlotte, and then they moved out out to Coachella Valley this this year. So to start up, so it's it's been very successful, and and I know there's a lot of uh, people in, that would love to see uh, Seattle win in their second year in the NHL, and, and it would be even great to see uh, Coachella Valley come in in their first season in the AHL, and and go all the way to the the Calder Cup uh, final. But uh, but yeah, I mean similarities because. Uh, Henderson did have a pretty good first year. Again, different circumstances with how the playoffs were structured and everything, but uh, that was about as good of a year they could have had under those circumstances. And then, um, you know, just following a game short of winning the divisional championship. And then, yeah, and then Coachella Valley this year having a great run, um, you know, with the best record in the in the AHL, or second best record in the AHL behind Calgary, and uh, making this, this run here and now playing Calgary. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of similarities. But um, Seattle's doing it. 
seems like are on the right right foot, and, and Coachella Valley is too. And how about Joey Decord? Okay. He's he's really in, embraced it too, and and of course, which is what oh, you want. But I yeah. mean, I I mean, just the maturity that he has, and just the way he's able to, to speak and and uh, and you know talk about the organization and just the pride he has for this this organization since he came over and is part of the expansion stuff and and became part of this of Seattle and and uh, yeah, I mean, it's been really good for him, and he's. I mean, he's got a taste of NHL games. He's had that, and and I think that that kind of helps with your confidence. And and then he's had an opportunity to be the the guy here in Coachella Valley, and and he's really uh, done a good job with that. Uh, I th- I know he loved. He talked about he loved his, his year that he was in Charlotte, but uh, he's really come to love love being in uh, in Coachella Valley, and then even getting a taste of playing in some games with Seattle too this year. So it's it's been quite a year for him too, and 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 I'm sure it's a year that that uh, many good years to come for uh, Joey Decord. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Paul Hornstein would tell you it all came from that ASU education, but well, anyway. It, that could be. Yeah, that's, that would, <laughs> anyway. That would be true. But, I mean, you've seen Joey Decord from his ASU days to where he is now. I mean, you've got, I mean not that, you know, you, you, you've got just to see his progression and where he is now. And, and I think, again, we've talked about this before, how, you know, you follow these guys at the college level, which is what, what you do. And now we're, we're focusing a lot with the AHL. You've, you've, have made that a focus now of ice time hockey west and and a lot of that now is these guys that have been in the college fold coming to the pro fold and and you kind of see their progression that just kind of makes this whole thing great so that that's that's cool too okay one more uh we have to talk about coach dan bilesma i think he's the perfect coach for this team because he doesn't get too uh, low he doesn't get too high he stays on an even keel um and he has a he plan. I asked your, him. He even laughs at your jokes occasionally, which is yeah. Uh, he does. He's going <laughs> to laugh at another one here in a minute and tell me that I'm wrong when I ask him if he's a genius. So let's <laughs> listen to a couple clips from uh, from Dan Bilesma. Series, you chose to uh, play two on the road and get the three here. You told us already that it's a 300 minute um, series. It went all the way plus a few more. Um, you feel like a genius right now? No, no, like, no. <laughs> You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think there's, there uh, comes a point in every series, whether it's three games or five games or seven games, um, that you, you, you want to push the team. You want to push the team out of the series. You want to grind them out of the series. You want to, you want to take away, um, you know, take away their will. And this one that we're played a, a really good team, a team that works really hard. They're physical and, and they make it hard on you. And, uh, you know, I anticipated, planned on going 300 minutes with this, this against this team. And uh, I think, you know, we pushed it to, to game five. And uh, I think, you know, I, I think they fought right to the better end, uh, whether it was five nothing or zero zero. But, um, you know, we got it to a point where we we got our will over them and, and uh, got it to that point. And that's a credit to the guys and the credit to the way we play. Joey talked about uh, the guys in front of him and the way they were blocking shots till the very end. Was there something about that? He's given up a couple of goals, maybe weren't his fault late in games and, and lost a shutout. But could you sense it on the bench that the guys are going to make sure Joey got the zero? We were... They were saying it on the bench, so I would I would think that was the case. But I, I think it's kind of been a hallmark of our team all year long. I I, I think you, you can't look by um, 
you can't look I, I'm true can't remember what the what goal of the game it was in game four but it came right after the power play or their power play Jimmy Schultz blocks a big shot and uh, it turns into a goal for us at the other end of the rink with Hetman banging home uh, Henny's rebound and that big block shot was a key to the game the game winning goal is on the penalty kill and Tenney comes up with a big block and it turns into the to the puck that that uh, Truzy puts in the back of the net and still at the end of the game tonight it's five nothing but uh Billy Petman with a huge block shot sacrificing for the for the team sacrificing for Joey and, and getting that big block shot and it, it's five nothing it it's it that doesn't really matter but it but it does doesn't really matter, but it does. That's a championship culture, my friend. <laughs> That's Coach Speak if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more clip from Dan Biles, one, and uh, then we'll move on here. Final one for me, uh, coaches. Um, Jeremy McKenna stepped up tonight. Max stepped up tonight. Um, surprised at that at all? I... I... I think it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. I said this to the guys before the game. It's like, I know I, we knew exactly what we were going to get from our team because they've proven it all year long. They brought it all year long. And this was just a big moment. This was just a, their time to, to, to show it, to, to shine. And, and uh, so I'm not surprised. I thought, Jeremy McKenna's game four was his best game. I thought he battled like a bugger and, and like he, he, he brought it in game four. I'm not surprised he brought it in game five. And, and that, that's, that's what Max been for us all year long. And, and I was, I think he was confident. Our players around him were confident that that's exactly how he was going to play his best game. Okay, so there you go. That's uh, Coach Dan Bilesma after that game. He had more to say, too, but those were um, kind of the key clips that I pulled out of it. Um, so I'm going to ask you one more time and kind of seal up tonight and uh, look forward to game two tomorrow night. Um, surprised at all about what you're seeing from this team in Coachella Valley? Because, Stephen, you and I joked um, about a year ago uh, when they were trying to build the arena and there wasn't much information coming out of the organization as far as what they were going to, you know, what their mascot was going to be and all of that stuff. All of a sudden the arena comes together. They go on the road for the first 22 games. They don't get home until like December to play their first real home game. And um, now look at them, right? <laughs> They've got a one, no, 1-0 series lead in round three of the Pacific Division Championship Series. Uh, any surprise from you on uh, the way things have come together? Oh, sure. I mean, yes, yes. The short answer is yes. There, there is some surprise on on this, just because, uh, you know. But I mean, it's not. I guess it's not completely surprising because a lot of these players have already uh, played together, uh, coming from the from Charlotte. And they they brought him over to Coachella Valley, so. You know that's that's the similar thing, and it's the same thing with with the Golden Knights too. When the Henderson came in, they were in Chicago Wolves, and they just the players then became members of Henderson, and and so then they were already a really good core group there, and then came over to Henderson had a really good first season. I think it was the same 
last year in Charlotte. I think Charlotte had a really good season and then had a good run, and and, uh, and now they've come over to to play, be part of this the Seattle org continue to be part of the Seattle organization in year number two and and uh, and be part of this uh, new team in Coachella Valley. But yeah, I mean, the way the season started, having all those road games, uh, it basically, I mean, they had four quote unquote home games up in Seattle area. Uh, but yeah, basically road games for the first few months of the season. Uh, that's not easy, but they got through that very well. Uh, but I think that uh, that obviously, I think you do a lot of bonding now. AHL travel a little bit different because they're not playing like every other day. They're playing like on weekends. So in between that, they're they're able to come home and and spend a few days and practice there. But I don't know where they were practicing because obviously their their rink wasn't ready yet. So. Uh, where was Coachella Valley practicing? I don't know. I guess they would have had to drive to. Uh, I'm sure there's some rinks around there or something, but I don't know. I mean, because it's all new. The hockey's kind of getting new down there, so um, so that was kind of interesting. But uh, maybe they had that part of it done. They were able to practice, but um, but yeah, I mean, so you know, and then they bus, and then it's it's busing. Of course, a lot of some of it's flying, but you're doing a lot of buses uh, going to some of these places. So that's not easy. But well, but when you it, look what, when you look out here. Um, you, you bus from from uh, yeah. Palm Springs to Henderson. You go to Ontario. You go Ontario. to San Diego. Right. You go to Bakersfield. It's bus league, and, and maybe even San Jose. It's a bus a busable distance. So you go up there, and um, even to, to even to Arizona, I guess you, it's a bus busable from there. Um, so every place except for when they went to Calgary and and probably Abbotsford and and Colorado. Uh, Colorado was uh, all by bus. So uh, what what that did is it really brought these guys really close together. Like I said, there might've been some of that already from before, but, but some of these guys were new to everything in the organization. And, and I think it really brought this team close together. And now you're seeing it now because this team really, really plays for each other. As you said, you the down Bosma, I think was the right coach for, for this. And he's got experience too at the American hockey league level from before and at the NHL level, which, you know, he had some good years with Pittsburgh in the, in, in the NHL. So uh, a guy knows how to, uh, to win. And, and compete at the highest level in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL level, and now here at the American Hockey League level, which he's done before, and now he's doing again. So uh, I think that helps too. So that was a right, good hire there, and and the assistant coaches are doing great there. So, yeah, everything going great for for Coachella Valley too and in their first year of, the, uh, of being in the American Hockey League. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I'll close on, on this series or the this game tonight um, with the fact that, a lot of credit uh, Coach Bilesma gives to his two assistants, Stu Bickle and Jessica Campbell, for what they do behind the scenes. You hardly ever see them um, in the public eye, if you will. Uh, but we yeah, know it's, it's they're usually, doing, they're the doing a lot coaches. of hard work. Yeah, and, 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 and to go with that too, Seattle, I think, I think that was a big point of emphasis. They really wanted to, I think, be the team that kind of diversified it more. Uh, it, than the opportunities that they can do. Like, for example, uh, they hire a woman to be an assistant coach in the AHL, uh, which was, I think, the first. That's the first. In, in that, so that's great there. Um, their broadcaster, for the radio broadcaster, uh, uh, Everett uh, Fitzhugh, is, was the first uh, African-American uh, broadcaster for a, an NHL team on, on the radio and TV. So um, so that was pretty big there, too. And just, just the moves that they've they've done is since an organization has been formed and how important those things are in, in building your brand and, and your team and, and uh, on the ice and, and off the ice as well. So uh, kudos to Seattle for, for doing that and, and, uh, and, and 
doing that at both the AHL and then their NHL level too with, with some of the hires that they've made when that was coming together. Okay, let's put a bow on the AHL uh, divisional playoffs. As I said, we're down to the Elite Eight. Tonight there was an overtime game between Hartford and Hershey. The Hershey Bears come on top 3-2 to two in overtime. Uh, when you go down to the other series out east, um, you have, um, hold on one second here as I pull these scores up. Um, you have the um, Rochester Americans coming out on top of the uh, Toronto Marlies 4-3. So another really close game. And then, of course, we mentioned uh, Coachella Valley 6-3 winner over uh, Calgary. And tomorrow night, the series starts between Texas and uh, Milwaukee. Um, just your thoughts on those four real quickly to put a bow on the, uh, the AHL part of the show tonight. Um, you like the eight teams that are left and, and who do you think, uh, is going to come out of the East and who's going to come out of the West? Yeah. I mean, I like the eight, eight teams. Uh, they think there's been some upsets, but for most part, it's been pretty good. Um, you look at the teams that are left. Some of these, some of these teams have both their AHL or have the, both the, their, the, the AHL and the NHL team still in the playoffs. I mean, Texas stars, they still have the, the Dallas stars are still in the playoffs. Uh, they're actually playing Seattle, which of course, Coachella Valley's affiliate. So uh, they're, they're still in the mix. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't think there'll be an overlap if, because the, the Dallas Seattle series will end before um, Calgary and Coachella Valley series will end. If, if, if Coachella Valley were to advance to the next round and it's not going to guarantee that Texas gets past Milwaukee. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, Pretty interesting. I mean, if it comes down to Texas and Coachella Valley, if it's Calgary and Milwaukee, I mean, it's great. Then you got a team like Toronto in the North Division Finals. Uh, the Marlies, they're still um, in the mix. Of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still in the mix in the NHL level and uh, stayed alive with the win uh, last night. So in their series with uh, with Florida. So I mean, it's it's pretty uh, pretty amazing to see. And then Rochester uh, is a good. A good team. I'm not. I can't remember who they're affiliated with, but I think it's the Rangers. And uh, so that's you know the Rangers were in the playoffs until they got eliminated. But um, in fact, there's probably talk of you know the, the Rangers are looking for a head coach, and maybe they'll go and and you know a lot of times you you may look at the American Hockey League guy uh, to come up and and coach. I mean, I mean, perfect example of this is Jay Woodcroft. I mean, Jay Woodcroft was the head coach for Bakersfield uh, for for a bit, and uh, he obviously promoted up to the Edmonton Oilers and has done a, a wonderful job up there. Of course, he's been in the NHL before as an assistant. It's not his first time in the NHL coaching, but being a head coach, it is. And it's it's worked out well. And, of course, we see that in other organizations. Bruce Cassidy was was in the Boston a Boston organization as a coach at the American Hockey League level, finally got a chance at the NHL level, and has done had very well done, done well with Boston uh, with the time he was there. Now, of course, he's here in Vegas and doing quite well. So, um the, we talk so much about the American Hockey League being a developmental league for the players, but it's also a developmental league for the for coaches, uh, whether it be assistant coaches or head coaches, even broadcasters. We see a lot of broadcasters go through the AHL, eventually get opportunities with the with the NHL, and it's a little bit of a tougher field because there's less obviously openings for broadcasting positions than they are for players or for coaches. But um, I think that's important to know that the, the AHL is is more than just about the players; it's about uh, developmental for development for for coaches and and broadcasters and front office people who who uh, are all involved in that sort of stuff so um, that's important to know there but yeah i think it's a great i think okay it's a great so who comes of, out of the east and who comes out of the west 
You well, got eight that, teams to choose from right now. Yeah. I'm not going to give you the easy route. No, I, not, <laughs> not really following too closely the the East teams and not knowing too much about them. I I, I mean, right now it's one nothing Hershey's. You mentioned one nothing Rochester. Um, I I will say the Hershey will probably. Well, I mean, who comes out of the East? Uh, probably I would say Hershey, and out of the West. Uh, well, it's hard to not go against. Uh, Coachella Valley, but I don't know if I should pick them because usually my predictions don't <laughs> don't work out. So, uh, you know, if I pick, well, just if, just pick somebody from the Pacific Division. Just say the Pacific <laughs> Division winner is going to carry the torch for the Western Conference. How about that? Well, I think that I think that's a probably the case because, like I said, both the Pacific Division teams right now are the best. They were the best in the AHL all season long. So, uh, of course, that doesn't always when it comes to playoff time that doesn't always translate to to success. As, as we know, it's a, it's a little bit of a different beast at the AHL because we see either you get players back from your NHL club if 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 they've seasons ended that maybe they had up there or uh, or and sometimes you know players that are not even playing the NHL club but they just hang around you know and and then and then you got the the um, or teams that maybe have lost players going up there anyways a lot of factors but I I think it's going to be a Pacific Division team that that will make it to the Calder Cup final. Uh, I'm sure I'll go with Coachella Valley. So sorry to the Firebird fans in advance, I guess. Uh, you made everybody happy here around the uh, the desert well, floor we'll, of Palm well, we'll Springs. See. Well, we'll see in about f- <laughs> two weeks if that's still the case. Uh, <laughs> well, I know one thing. We're going to get at least three games, and we may get four or five. Dan Bilesman will never you... say it won't be five games. Oh, it's, it's for sure going, going five games. games. It's for sure yeah. going to go five games. I mean, these are the two best teams. I mean, it's – Calgary's going to come back tomorrow, and it's going to—they're going to give their best, and I would expect this to go five games. And and I—I I mean, all the series that Coachella Valley's had now has played has, has been the maximum. Even with Tucson, which you thought, okay, that's going to be an easy series, but Tucson gave them a little bit of a push there, and and made them go three games. And and then the last series with Colorado, they had to really gut that one out. So uh, I would imagine this is going to go the same way. Well, I think you're probably right. Um, I may hedge it a little bit and say it ends on Wednesday because I think uh, this this Firebird team is learning. Um, they learned a valuable lesson when they thought they had a game uh, won uh, earlier against uh, Tucson, and they kind of took their foot off the gas. And, um, and Coach Bilesman put it best. He said, you know, I, I told the guys, just because you got two games to get one doesn't mean you shouldn't win it in one. And uh, they they played much better against Colorado. And, uh, you know, I mean, you think back to that series. They won 6-2. They lost, I think, 4-3 to in Colorado. Then they came back and they lost a one nothing overtime game, which could have gone either way. Then they win a, a 4-3 um, game uh, to send it to Game 5. And then five game, they just, Game 5, they just dominated. So the, the key to Coachella Valley, in my uh, opinion, is – they they have to start fast and really put the pressure on. If they get a lead and they get you on your heels, I don't care who you are, it's a hard team to play against. And now, as I said last Friday night, they're learning how to close games out. They're learning how to get a lead, sit on it, and uh, shut the door. And that's what they did tonight in the third period. So congratulations to Coachella Valley. I will never say uh, ever that the, uh, the team from Calgary will die because they've got a guy named uh, – the Wolf of Calgary. They've got Dustin Wolf, and he can steal games for you. We've seen it before. Yeah, he wasn't the goaltender of the year for for no for no reason. So, uh, by the I, way, did you know that he can jump standing still, 
right in front of his goal, he can jump and get his skates up to the crossbar? No, that's very <laughs> that's very impressive. But he's pretty t- he's pretty tall, so he's got he's got. No, he's not. He's short, but he's, he's extremely short. athletic. He's athletic, unbelievably yeah. athletic. He might be the most athletic in this series. We might be seeing the the most athletic goaltender in uh, in Dustin Wolf, and we might be seeing the best offensive goaltender. He's at six playing feet. the puck that's not and tall? moving the puck. Six yeah. feet. That's not tall. No, no, no. Six five is what they look at for goaltenders now. And that's why he's probably well, Dan- never going to get Dan- a shot Dan- in the six, NHL. Oscar Dance is 6'3", so, so yeah. yeah, I mean. But I'll still put my money on the Wolf of Calgary. But how about, uh, to, how, about, how, about how about Dustin Wolf, though? He's from his his birthplace is Tustin, California, so. Yeah, he's a California kid just down the street from me. Anyway, <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break because we got some NHL stuff to talk about in the final 10 minutes. Here we go. We'll be right back. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to a Podcast After Dark, the Pro Hockey West Report following tonight's Game 1 of the Pacific Division Championship Series in the American Hockey League, a 6-3 victory for the Coachella Valley Firebirds over the Calgary Wranglers in Calgary. Game 2, of course, tomorrow night. Then there'll be a couple days off Saturday and Sunday, and they will return to action 
at Akashur Arena here in uh, Palm Springs on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday if necessary. Stephen Marsh says it will be necessary. Scott Strandy with you in Palm Springs. Stephen Marsh, my co-host as always, up on the beautiful uh, hillside of Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. No? No? Not the hillside? <laughs> not, not quite not quite the hillside. Okay. <laughs> Close. There, anyway. there are some there are some hills here, but not Okay. Not, not, <laughs> anyway. Not, not as many as places other places in the country. Okay. Anyway. Um I, I didn't want to call you a, a palatial estate owner. That belongs to Paul Horn. No, no, so I, we'll I, leave, I don't we'll leave I don't that own to it. him. I don't own palatial estate. I don't you, I don't have I don't get that kind of I don't get that kind of pay to You didn't to get uh, Max Pacioretty's place then, is what you're saying. <laughs> No, no. Now that's a palatial estate. Did ever. you put a bid in on it and just didn't get it, or? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, with, with tell everybody that at least. Yeah, I put a bid in. I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to pay the I full a, eleven mil. I put a bid in for two dollars, but <laughs> but I figured I wasn't going to get it for two dollars. So that's anyway. all I could afford, you know. I mean, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's talk quickly about the NHL. Uh, you've got a real good series in front of you. And a couple things I want to ask you first and foremost. It's been strange games. Uh, they've been physical. They've been lopsided one way or the other. Uh, we know the firepower that Leon Dreisaitl and uh, Connor McDavid and those guys can bring. Uh, there's been goaltending things. I mean, this is crazy. This is your first real NHL playoff coverage year. Um, has it been everything you expected, or has it been – uh, things that you didn't think we'd ever see in a playoff. Yeah, you know, it's been, I mean, going into it, I figured this was going to be the most uh, intriguing series of the four just because of the the firepower that Edmonton has. They have a, a very good, a very lethal power play, and and they have some of the best players in the world. Um, the Golden Knights, are, of course, are a very good team as well and, and have some good players, and, and, and Stone and Eichel getting his first taste of playoff action, Eichel is, and, and just, uh, you know, and the goaltending thing going into it with Brassois, who's kind of getting his first run at things. But now, of course, it's not Brassois, it's Hill, because Brassois got hurt. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of had a little bit of everything. But, you know, it's kind of a microcosm of the Golden Knights season, at least some of these things that's happened, at least with the goaltending thing, with, with Brassois being out, and now Hill's coming coming in. And, and uh, you know, Hill, Hill did okay last night. He gave up some, you know, he – Goals probably you'd want back, but you can't pit it on him. But it has been very, it's been very unusual in, in this kind of a playoff series because, you know, you usually see some games that are are really close and and tight, and and, I, and we knew there was going to be scoring in this series, but it's been so lopsided. You know, game one it was Vegas, you know, pretty much dominating. I mean, it was a six four game. That's about the closest it's been. Uh, but even people saying that maybe it wasn't as close as the score indicated. And then game two. Edmonton dominated and, and won big, and, and Vegas didn't have nothing. Then you go to game three, it's in Edmonton, and, and Vegas wins that one in dominant fashion, and Edmonton not happy with their game afterwards. And then coming last last night, Edmonton played well. So it seems like it seems like one both can't be true, where both are going to be able to play their best games. If they truly want to play their, their style of play, it means that the other team's not going to be able to, to play theirs, which is, which is ideal, but, but usually – you might be able to be close, but yeah, it's been, it's been one of the extreme or the other. Then there's been the physicality and, and, and I think we know 
the Golden Knights had a quote-unquote rivalry with the Sharks, but I don't know. I think Edmonton's going to be the new hated team for the, for Golden Knights fans and, and public enemy number one. Maybe the Oilers feel the same way about the Golden Knights, depending on how the series shakes out, uh, just because uh, a playoff series will, will do that to you. And, and they've and they've had you know they've had a little bit of history with Edmonton, but not much. And then there was you know there was COVID, so there was a couple of seasons where they didn't play it play Edmonton. Although they had a you know they played the twenty twenty playoffs in the bubble in Edmonton, so they've they have quite a few experience playing games in that building up there. But it was a different environment, of course. And and now you go up there and it's it's a different. But yeah, it's it's had a little bit of everything. I mean, the physicality is you know it's it seems like the and the, and the way the games the way the games pan out is allowed that because it's like you know it's so out of you know three or four goals early on and it's like out of reach and so then the physicality picks up because you know there's not a threat of a power player or whatever and and it's it's kind of led to some of that so it's been a very uh interesting series but it's it's been it's been great but it's been very uh yeah it's been very they've been very interesting to to watch so tomorrow will be a very interesting game to see how how it happens is it going to be more of the same where one team is going to be dominant over another. Is is that mean? Is Vegas going to now come out and respond and and play really well and is going to prevent Edmonton from being able to get going and and make Edmonton not be well and and undisciplined and and do what Vegas did well in games uh, one and three, or is Edmund is it going to be close where both teams may maybe can can play a, a a really solid game in their minds and just become a really close playoff type game where it's a one goal game maybe an overtime game. Or what? I mean, it's it's hard to really say what what's going to be, which makes it intriguing. Like you don't know what each game in the series is going to be. Um, so that guess for that, it's kind of nice the unpredictability of it. Well, uh, personally, I would think that uh, tomorrow night's the biggest game of the series because uh, if if Vegas holds uh, home ice advantage by getting the win, uh, then then the backs are against the wall for Edmonton. They have to win at home just to get the opportunity to play back at T-Mobile. So if uh, if it goes the other way, now the pressure squarely on Vegas because they're going to have to win on the road in order to bring it back to T-Mobile and use their home ice. And um, So I think game five, critical tomorrow night, uh, depending on what comes out. I told you at the start of the series, I'm a little bit worried about the goaltending yep. because it's not, it's not Marc-Andre back there, no. the guy that got them to the Stanley Cup final. No, but Edmonton's goaltending's been kind of shaky too at times. So it's been it's been kind of a, it's been kind of a a mixture of of that. And, and Skinner was 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 pretty good last night. And uh, Aiden Hill was good when he had to come in. Brassois had been good. Uh, he gave up some goals, but I I think just because of the the talent that we have and the goaltending, maybe not as you know to an elite level, uh, is going to transpire a lot of scoring. But it's been so it's like it's been such a battle. The, the scales have been so tipped one way or the other uh, from game to game. So um, if you're a Golden Knights fans and that trend continues, then that's a good thing because that means the Golden Knights are going to come out tomorrow and have a really solid game and go up in this series. But, you know, what we don't, there's now we, we have a little bit more intrigue in this because there's been some suspensions because of some stuff that happened in the end of last game. Uh, Alex Petrangelo goes and takes a stick and slashes uh, or, you know, slashes uh, uh, uh uh, dry sidle, uh, you know, not a very smart play, but there's been a, a lot of frustration. Petrangelo getting a couple of hard hits, uh, you know, that that weren't called, and there's been some interesting with the officiating. Overall, I think the officiating's been okay in power plays, but they've let some things go. They've let, you know, Kane's done some things that's been kind of questionable that hasn't been called, and 
Um, but I did like what Stone said. You know, he says that the the officiating, you know, they they have a tough job and stuff, and and they do. Uh, but you can't pit the last game on that because the Golden Knights actually had plenty of power play opportunities, but they just couldn't capitalize on that. So, um, you know, and Edmonton really didn't get many power play goals. I think they got the one in the first period, but uh, that was that was that. But if you know, then we talk about how good the Edmonton power play is. So um, it's been a very you know, it's it's been kind of hard to figure out the the pulse of things, but you know when it comes down to it, it's a two two series now, and it's a best of three with Vegas having game five, Edmonton hosting game six, and if it goes seven back in Vegas. But the other factors too is the road teams have been pretty good in the postseason this year in, in general. Uh, the Golden Knights have been a really good road team, so I mean, if they win tomorrow, they can go to Edmonton and and feel good that they can win one up there. Uh, if Edmonton wins, go up three two, then Vegas can still feel pretty good about having to go to Edmonton and having to win, win one there. But it's it's a little bit different when your back's against the wall. We've seen that before, so it's. I think that's the key, and uh, I know we're running out of time, but we got to quickly mention uh, what's going on between Seattle and uh, Dallas. I believe Dallas won tonight. Is that correct? They did. Yes, they won five to two. Okay, so is Seattle starting to wear down a little bit? Um, have they gone into the playoffs deep enough and and now things are starting to catch up with them or do they have what it takes to come back you mean is the clock at 11:58 is it about to correct about to strike? yeah well, kind of like on us <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes uh, is it about to strike midnight in some cases you know is it right is, that, I mean, that's it, what i'm wondering it it seems like at some point in time it, it catches up to young teams that haven't been there before and uh dallas is clearly a team that has some guys that have been around a while and they know what it's like. And the culture there um, is such that it, it, it kind of leans towards them getting it done. Yeah, But, um, but the Seattle's goes home for game six now. And, and you know, it's that some of that series has been kind of one or the other. I mean, that Seattle had some lopsided games. Dallas has had some lopsided games. So it's been kind of back and forth there too. Uh, this is the first time in the series that a team has won two games in a row because Seattle won game one, uh, Dallas won game two, Seattle won game three, Dallas won game four, and then Dallas has now won game five. So it's, uh, it's but Dallas, see, that's, and that's, you know, so they're up now in the series, uh, but they're going to go back to Seattle, and Seattle's, you know, they've, it's been interesting because they've won most of their games on the road, Seattle has in the postseason. So now they're going to go home and a must win situation. But, you know, they, they did it against Colorado and, and, you know, this to say they can't do it again, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it may be the, maybe it is starting to run out for them, but again, very similar Seattle to how Vegas's run was last year. Uh, first year, uh, a little bit different. Cause I think Vegas dominated a lot of their, the series. They ended up playing that first year, but, um, but Seattle, yeah, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, I don't think people expected them to be in this position in their second year, but you know, after what Vegas did and, and, uh, we, you know, I guess it's, it should be too surprised that a team can can come in new like this and and do what they can do. So uh, credit to them to be in this position. But um, you know, I think I, I I think also that series might go seven. So I think Seattle might might be able to pull off another win because you know they got down three nothing tonight, but then they came back with a couple of goals and made it three to two and and we're in the game. So um, I still think they have the and and Ottinger has been been okay, but he hasn't been as great as he could be. So and Grubauer is like on a man on a mission to try to, you know, have a, a rebirth here, so to speak, and and uh, and have another great run. So uh, with the Seattle team, so there's still some great storylines with that series too. But 
Um, I, I'm not ready to count Seattle out quite yet. Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If uh, Edmonton is eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights, that means it'll be an All-American Western Conference final. And um, that that's, you know, the Canadians, that doesn't sit well. No Vancouver, no Calgary. Then Edmonton would be out. Winnipeg would be out. That That's not uh, uh, how Canada and wants it looks to like, play their uh, NHL playoffs. And it looks like Toronto will be out, too. They're, they're down 3-1 in their series to Florida. So uh, we'll go to have another another postseason and where there'll be no Canadian teams left. But but uh, Edmonton, the, the fans in Edmonton love their, their Oilers, man. I tell you, they, 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 they pack the arena. There's a crowd of people outside the arena. And uh, I saw pictures of when the media was landing in the uh, – they were tweeting out their stuff from when they first got to Edmonton. The airport had all this Oilers stuff and everything. So uh, they, they, love their, they love their team up there. And, and, yeah, you probably have all of Canada kind of on, on the Oilers because they want to see a Canadian team win. It's been a while since a Canadian team has won a Stanley Cup, so uh, they would love to see that. So, um, And I think people – have mixed feelings about Vegas. Vegas was kind of the darlings one time in the NHL, but because of how they've managed some things in the in the past here, and just because maybe maybe some of it's jealousy because they've had so much success early on, the Vegas has kind of become kind of a villainous team for for some people to, to root for now, and and maybe don't don't want that, which is fine. I mean, we you know it, you know we don't need all the people on the bandwagon, just the people that that really want to <laughs> support the team, you know. And there's, there's enough there's enough support here in Vegas for for fans to 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 get on board here, so. Well, I'll tell you, the playoff beard will continue to grow. The hair probably will continue to grow. Um, I need a replacement tooth. <laughs> so, well, you're a so, hockey player. You've got number, a chip tooth. Yeah. You're just like a hockey player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so uh, I'll let you take it away, and we'll say goodnight for this episode of the Pro Hockey West Report, a uh, podcast after dark. Mentioned it real quick that Car- on the east side of things, real quick, Carolina – advanced tonight so they're the first team to make it into the final four of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs they'll be in the Eastern Conference final after their win tonight and as we mentioned Florida and Toronto game five of that series is tomorrow and Florida wins uh, which the series will now it's going to be back in Toronto for game five but if Florida wins uh, how about Florida the run that they're making uh, they'll be in the in the Eastern Conference finals so uh, but if Toronto wins then they'll go back to Florida for game six so <laughs> it's been very interesting playoffs just with the teams that that are in there and it's kind of cool to see, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue to follow it and see where things stand next week when we do the show. In the meantime, we'll tell you that the pro hockey West report from the tag creative group studios, uh, presented by Toyota, the tag creative group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one of a kind gift for yourself or someone special search for T grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com, whether you play on ice or in line. Uh, Caesars Sportsbook app, play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesars Rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Top Golf. Go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at your sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza. Since 1978, better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. 
Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world. Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, all one word on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We thank everybody for tuning in with us live tonight. Hope you enjoyed the downloads as well as we quickly approach 40,000 downloads. It's ITHSW Podcast, anywhere you get your your podcast, and it's five nights a week. Can't miss it. We'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, new day. Good night, everybody.